Hello everyone and welcome to the seventh episode of Unraveling. My name is Fraser and I have obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, forgive me, listeners. What has it been like? Just over two weeks since the last episode. I'm really bad at committing to um, to the schedule, <laughs> but um, there've been some some reasons for that. Uh, it's been just other stuff, personal stuff that sadly has been going a little bit wrong recently just even outside of OCD which kind of sucks because you know I feel like I've got enough going on <laughs> but anyway it is what it is but I'm back I'm back and I'm feeling a bit better a lot better actually so um and I suppose that is part of the problem isn't it really if you're doing a sort of a, a mental health podcast but the host has a mental illness <laughs> there's bound to be like times where they're not feeling up to it and yeah and I guess that's what's kind of been happening the last few weeks but anyway to my five regular listeners <laughs> who haven't missed any of the episodes I'm deeply sorry um, but I'm back and today we're going to be talking probably quite a brief one today about um, magical thinking but before we get into magical thinking and what it means and what it is um, I mean, some of you probably have already come across the term before I think it's sort of fairly well cemented into the public consciousness at this point but I mean I'm not 100% sure but I should just mention up top that I'm actually starting another podcast um, it doesn't have a name yet but the lovely Gabe uh, over from Head in the Clouds Festival which is a uh, a Brighton based um, festival well I suppose forthcoming live festival but currently it exists purely as a kind of digital form it was a sort of festival that he did throughout the um, the outbreak which is really great and creative idea and um the band that i'm in uh, moth was interviewed by him as part of that um the festival was set up uh, as uh, a kind of a charity uh, fundraising ordeal where the proceeds went to um my charity and sadly it was set up because um mutual uh, friend of um myself and of gabe the person who actually organized the whole thing um who was called Joe Green, um, uh, passed away some time ago, um, sadly taking his own life. And in response to that terrible loss, um, Gabe has created this incredible uh, thing, and it's great. And he listens to Unraveling, and he would like me to do a podcast with him. So pretty soon, or for him, I should say, pretty soon, um, I'll be interviewing. Uh, musicians from Brighton and hopefully other places as well um, about mental health in the arts and how they feel that uh, mental health has had an impact on the way they either create or consume media and art so yes yeah, kind of right up my street I'm really looking forward to it and um, it doesn't have a name yet but um, when it does I will it'll be it'll be everywhere um, <laughs> I'll be sharing it all about so stay tuned for that um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out up top before we get into the episode proper. But also, if everyone could go over to Instagram and check out Head in the Clouds Festival. Uh, what's the actual handle? Let me just look that up. So it's uh, Head in the Clouds Festival at HITC Fest on Instagram. So if you go there and follow it, um, there's some really cool stuff on there. There's you know interviews with other musicians and with bands and playlists as well for you to check out and all sorts of really cool yummy stuff so yeah 
stay tuned for that second podcast on the way. But as for this podcast, we should probably get started because it's been five minutes of me rambling on as usual. So this week we're going to be talking about magical thinking. And the reason I'm talking about this is because um, my mum actually sent me um, an article by The Guardian uh, about OCD, written presumably by one of their journalists. And the article, which I will link above in the episode description or below depending on what platform you're listening or off to the side don't actually know but the article is called um i've spent years taming the ocd monster coronavirus has ruined everything and it's by uh matthew cantor and it's very very interesting and he talks quite a bit about magical thinking in there as well and essentially what this article is is pretty much everything i've wanted to achieve with unraveling condensed into like a thousand words and in that respect, it's quite upsetting because he's done such a great job of nailing what it's like to have OCD and how the pandemic has faced new challenges, you know, like brought up new challenges with that. And he's just done it so much better than I ever could. So it's quite upsetting. <laughs> but it's also a really good read. So, um, yeah, if you want a more less less rambling, more eloquent way of summing up what it's really like, then I absolutely would recommend that people go and read that article. Potentially even pause the episode now and read it first if you want, because it's really like, it's not very long at all. Um, take you five minutes to read the whole thing. But if you don't want to do that, I mean, I'm going to be talking about magical thinking now anyway, so it's not essential. But um, there's, it starts with this great quote, and I just want to read it out really quickly, because I just think it, it really captures what it's like to... Um, in in a funny way it kind of captures what it does feel like to have OCD and to constantly feel like you're avoiding kind of threats from your environment and he says I'd come to think of myself as a sad wizard burdened with rituals to prevent catastrophes then the pandemic made those threats real and that's really is kind of what it's like a sad wizard and there's a reason wizard is the word that's chosen there because obviously again we're going to be talking about magical thinking and and what that actually means. But I've said magical thinking several times without actually sort of going into what it is. But magical thinking essentially, well for me at least, comes down to um, sort of an irrational or unexplainable connection between um, actions and consequences. So people who engage in lots of magical thinking might believe that um, by enacting certain rituals or thinking certain things or doing things a certain way, they can have consequences that we wouldn't ordinarily associate with those uh, actions or rituals or thoughts or whatever. So uh, a prime example of this would be that kind of old rhyming couplet of, you know, step on a crack and break your mother's back. That works as an example of magical thinking because, of course, Ordinarily, um, you know, if you step on a crack in the pavement, that's probably not going to have any bearing on your mother's spinal conditions or whatever, her back injuries in any kind of, you know, any meaningful way. But people with OCD often engage in these kinds of magical thinking as if they were very real and very genuine possibilities. In fact, it's not unheard of for people with OCD to have... Uh, great deal of superstition around things like stepping on cracks or walking under ladders or breaking mirrors um, or looking at magpies or black cats or whatever superstitions um, from whatever culture that you live in and the reason is that people with OCD engage in what we could term as magical thinking on a near 
kind of constant daily basis. So the example that um, I forgot his name, Matthew Cantor. Is that his name? <laughs> the example that yep Matthew Cantor uses in his article um, was of uh, there was a, a particular shirt growing up um, that he used to avoid. He had this blue shirt, and he thought that if he wore the blue shirt somehow, uh, it could make his mother sick, or it would uh, involve you know mean that his sister has a car crash or something along those lines. And to someone without OCD, that probably sounds very bizarre and irrational. Because it was, but you know, it is irrational. But when you have OCD, you tend to make links between events and their contexts, and events and their consequences as well, that uh, wouldn't normally be um, associated in you know in the mind of of someone who doesn't have OCD. And I should say that Mr. Cantor uh, furnishes us with another helpful term here. I've previously referred to people who stuff, uh, suffer with OCD as octopeople. He calls people who don't suffer with OCD no-CD or no-CDers, which I think is uh, cool. So, yeah, got another term. Write that down if you want. <laughs> anyway, these, these kinds of magical thinking, these sort of superstitious um, thought patterns, are echoed in our ritualistic behaviours when you have... Uh, OCD. And that's quite easily explained, right? So when you look at uh, contamination OCD, for example, which has been the the OCD of the most kind of the main focus of this podcast, because it's one of the OCDs that I struggle with significantly, there is definitely a level of magical thinking that occurs there as well. Because previously, before the pandemic, I genuinely did used to sort of believe that if I didn't wash my hands properly, or for the correct amount of time, or the correct number of times, or in a certain, you know, specific order, that it would have a real tangible effect on people's health. Because that is true. If you are, for example, a doctor, you know, or if you're, you know, a dentist, or any kind of health practitioner, and you don't wash your hands correctly, or, you know, if you work in a kitchen, if you're a chef or a bartender like me, then, you know, hygiene is important, and you can make people quite ill if you don't observe general rules of hygiene. Um in certain ways but what isn't true is that if you you know tie your shoes and then neglect to wash your hands that isn't going to for example result in your family dying or your friends dying which is something that I used to kind of believe um, and specifically as well I, I did also used to believe that if I didn't for example uh, what's compulsion? If I don't, uh, if I if I put on a belt when I'm wearing trousers, um, if I don't wash my hands after doing it with the belt, um, I would consider myself contaminated, and I would make the I still do actually, and I make these enormous leaps that if I don't wash my hands when I was a teenager, at least I used to believe that eventually this would lead to something like a global pandemic, and of course now those fears are being realised every day. Um, you know, it's almost like every day is another kind of reminder of for people with OCD it feels like a failure to prevent these terrible catastrophes from happening and that's because of this magical thinking issue it's because we believe that there are genuine um, connections between how we behave in ritualistic ways and the consequences that they uh, engender so when I was a teenager I really did think that if I didn't wash my hands after putting on a belt, that it could lead to a pandemic. And it seems, I'm sure, very bizarre for those of you who don't have OCD who listen to this, 
But I assure you that to me that was a very real possibility, or at least a very real fear um, that I had. But, of course, understanding this thought pattern as merely magical thinking is pretty um, important to recovering from OCD. Because you need to understand um, that there isn't necessarily a link between what you know between your rituals and the consequences that you're imagining that's a very important thing to keep in mind when we're doing our cognitive behavioral therapy or our exposure response prevention or our thought action uh, fusion experiments whatever it is whatever strategies you're employing to help um, overcome your OCD a big part of that is demonstrating to you that the things that you're afraid will happen if you don't do x simply don't and in this article, uh, Matthew Cantor talks about how he there was a certain song that he avoided. can't remember the name of the song now, but uh, he used to think that if he listened to it, the, the lyrics of that song could somehow bring about negative consequences for his sister. And now, without you know speaking to him directly or knowing his thoughts, I can't I can't you know speak, and I won't speak for the um, the specific kind of thought pattern that led to this belief but I've experienced similar things to this myself if not that specific thing but he talks about one of his sessions with his therapist where she essentially made him listen to this song um, on repeat and at the time his sister was uh, on board an aeroplane which only kind of heightened his anxiety and every time he listened to it he thought that his sister's plane was going to crash and yet they listened to it again and again and again, and slowly, each time, his anxiety kind of came down. And, oh, look, by the end of the session, no, the plane had landed, and, of course, his sister's plane hadn't crashed, because, of course, listening to that song has absolutely no bearing on whether or not planes crash. But it doesn't stop it from being a legitimate fear, even if you know that. You can still kind of be afraid of that consequence. And the reason is because of this magical thinking. These connections that you build between seemingly unconnected uh, cause and effects. And you may have noticed as well in that story that, you know, the therapist making uh, Matthew Cantor listen to this song over and over again as a way of showing that the thing he was afraid of wouldn't come to pass is the classic thing that we've talked about quite a bit on this show of exposure response prevention. And so hopefully then it's kind of clear that might have elucidated a little bit how exposure response prevention therapies and you know treatments for OCD in general are very much linked in if you like dispelling these patterns of magical thinking so why am I talking about all this today well I mean it might be clear to some of you I'm not, I don't know maybe I've, I hope I've explained it well enough but it seems pretty clear to me at least that um, it's very difficult especially with things like contamination OCD, to dispel patterns of magical thinking in a pandemic, because the pandemic validates pre the connections that you've made between previously unconnected causes and effects. Now, all of a sudden, it might actually be a possibility that if I don't wash my hands after putting on a belt or tying my shoes, that someone could get sick. Because, you know, it, I can see a connection there. Maybe I've gone into a toilet undone my belt, used the toilet, done up my belt, got, you know, gone to wash my hands and whatever. But it's some at some point in that chain, maybe when I opened the toilet door to begin with and then undid the belt, you know, I've contaminated the belt and then 
when I put it back on and then wash my hands. It's like, yeah, I might have washed my hands afterwards, but the belt is now still contaminated, which means if when I take it off at the end of the day or put it on the next day, if I if there isn't some kind of hand washing going on in between those, then there is a potential for um, contamination again. And so now these previously unconnected events, me putting on a belt and a global pandemic seem connected or at least in the mind of people with OCD, if you want to, you know, or, or anyone who's sort of suitably neurotic in that way. <laughs> so, yeah, and this, and this, all of this really reminds me of the very first episode of Unraveling, where I kind of emphasize that if these are the kind of thought patterns that you engage in, um, and if you have OCD, which means you engage in these thought patterns on a kind of, I'm not even going to say daily, more like, it's kind of like hourly, sort of minutely or like kind of every second of your thought might be preoccupied with thoughts like this then of course this is a very difficult scary time for you and this is why I'm a little bit bitter of course about the article is that he um, goes into all of this and kind of sums it up in such an eloquent and concise way that he basically achieved everything that I was trying to with unraveling and what I'm really was trying to achieve with unraveling which I don't actually think I kind of knew at the start what I was trying to do but I'm I'm kind of more clear on it now is to kind of shine a light and give a voice to um, people who suffer from a condition that I've struggled with my whole life who I feel are not being uh, sort of considered or talked about enough in the in the conversation I feel that OCD is underrepresented at the you know outside of pandemic conditions but within a pandemic I think it's quite remarkable that that it has you know it still isn't coming up that much as a topic um so to see you know a mainstream publication like the Guardian publish an article like this has been was for me really like uplifting and it just great I, I'm so happy that um that the media I you know is taking some responsibility for spreading awareness about something that, you know, the person who sits next to you in the office might genuinely be struggling with and you have no idea. Um, I mean, not that he should be sitting right next to you, but I'm sure if he has OCD or she has OCD or they have OCD, then I'm sure they are not sitting directly next to you. (laughs) But, I mean, I was surprised, having done this podcast for, you know, a couple months now, how uh, several of my colleagues had kind of said to me, I had, and you know, and friends or whatever, I had no idea that you even had OCD. And I was, my response to that was kind of like, really? I mean, I, I, I haven't, I don't talk about it to everyone. You know, I'm not just like, hi, by the way, my name's Fraser and I have OCD, contrary to what I do at the start of every podcast. But in normal conversations, I don't do that, obviously. I'm not insane. <laughs> but, you know, and I, and you do get quite good at hiding your compulsions when you've lived with OCD for so long. But it wasn't really a conscious thing of hiding it anymore. I just think it's just because I'm sort of so used to doing it. But I, I've i never kind of denied it or really, well, at least not in recent years, um, or really like tried my hardest to kind of conceal it from people. And yet people, I think, they they just didn't recognize it. And I think part of that is that a lot of people, I think, have a, have a mis- uh, a, a misinformed idea of what OCD is, uh, which is also touched on in, in sort of one or two sentences in this article. And, and I've talked about it in the podcast as well, about how the media portrayals of OCD are often wildly inaccurate. Um, and I think 
because people don't necessarily have a clear conception of what you know how to spot the symptoms of OCD um, that's what leads people to thinking you know that people like me maybe didn't have OCD they might just think I was sort of you know a kind of a worry wart or something you know like um, a hypochondriac which is things that you know or even just you know just straight up neurotic which is all things that have been you know accusations that have been leveled at me before and I, to be honest they're f- fair valid accusations <laughs> um, or diagnoses I should say I guess, but um, yeah, I think I think that's kind of why people maybe were surprised to find out that I had OCD. But what the reason I'm saying all this is that I think you'd be surprised how many people do, and how many people in your life do have OCD and you don't realize it. And so that's why it was really important for me, especially during this pandemic, when I knew those people would be struggling, to get that message out there. And so I'm thrilled that the Guardian um, have. I've done that as well now is you know kind of validated a a fight that I've been advocating for some time so that's nice um and I've completely lost my train of thought now about magical thinking <laughs> I might have to go back and listen to what I just said before all this all right I went back and listened to myself I found my place again um as I was saying uh the reason we're talking about magical thinking today is that of course you know the pandemic validates um the the type of sort of superstitious thinking that people with OCD have been um, told that they need to uh, stop engaging in for, you know, ever since they started to try and treat their OCD. Now, there are other forms of magical thinking that people don't consider harmful. I tend to avoid magical thinking or I try to as much as I can because I know that it's I have the potential to go to form uh, an obsessive compulsion for me because I have OCD, obviously. Um, but there, I mean, magical thinking for me at least it does extend quite far outside of the kind of neurotic sort of psychosphere of OCD and. For me, things. I mean, I, I don't. Maybe I, should, I don't want to kind of. I'm not shading anyone's specific beliefs in general, but um, personally, healing crystals, for example, I I think are an example of of what would be widely accepted as a form of magical thinking that uh, people consider safe, as it were, um, or at least non-neurotic magical thinking. Um, because it's connection again between what would seem apparently disconnected um, magisteria between, for example, a crystal that is blue and a certain healing property that you know supposedly blue crystals have. So you know, for indigestion or something. Um, but maybe you know, I'm not. Again, I'm not trying to. Uh, if you believe in in the power of healing crystals, then that's absolutely fine. And of course you know I'm more than happily will admit that I'm wrong and say that you know there is a real link between blue crystals and indigestion I mean I don't don't know what the specific um, healing crystals are used for but all I'm trying to say is that to me that strikes me as an example of um, publicly accepted magical thinking and I suppose another example of this could be um well, I mean, there's loads already. Well, I suppose just any kind of general superstitions that people might have as well. Um, I avoid walking underneath ladders 
but partly obviously for safety reasons because it is dangerous because you can knock the ladder over but genuinely i think i would even if there was like no one under the ladder someone was like go and walk under that ladder i would do it but i think a part of me deep down would go ooh, you know like just even just a little bit because as a child that was a kind of superstition that you know kind of folksy wisdom that you hear growing up or you know like step on a crack and break your mother's back or whatever um you know, and so these kind of these types of magical thinking can become quite easily ingrained in our psyche, even you know, well into kind of adulthood when we think we might have left a lot of that thinking behind. Um, so, what I kind of would like to get out of this episode is that for the people listening, this is kind of specifically this task is aimed at people who don't have OCT, the no CD people, um, as Canton puts it, but. I want you to think, spend some time this week and think about areas where you engage in magical thinking, where even though you might think, oh, I know it's sort of silly or I know it's superstitious or ritualistic or unconnected, but I just see a connection where most people wouldn't see one. And I'll give you an example of this. I used to, before, when I, like when I first started the podcast, there was a specific shirt that I used to wear and that was my podcasting shirt. And I was like, I need, I'm going to do a podcast, I need to wear my podcasting shirt. It's a pink shirt with sharks and palm trees on it. And I used to think, okay, I'm going to do an unraveling. So I need to go and get trained. Like I'll go and take my shirt off and put the podcasting shirt on. And I stopped doing it because I was like, hang on. (laughs) That's, you know, that's obviously engaging or at least in some respect, magical thinking. It's not necessarily harmful. And people do have things like this is my lucky pair of underwear or my lucky pair of shoes or like I, I always wear this watch at job interviews and, and, you know, this, this always helps me get the job or whatever. And, you know, and there may even be some kind of basis in it. For example, when I wore that shirt, I like that shirt, but it makes me, it made me sort of feel a certain way when I wear it. So it kind of helped me access a certain personality um, that I wanted to bring into the podcast. Uh, And I think initially what happened is that um, the shirt was not clean or not available when I did one of the podcasts. I just thought I'll do it without it. And that's kind of when I realized I was like, well, no, you know, I can still be this certain way and get this these personality traits that I want across without that shirt and for me that kind of highlighted just how easily we can fall into magical thinking um and you know and I see a lot of things on the internet about people saying things like you know thinking makes it so or put it out into the universe or you know kind of these like by making affirmations you know I will earn more money this year than I did last year you know doing behaviors like this or you know um I saw one recently that it was like one day I am going to be friends with and then it was some celebrity and they were like I just know it I'm putting it out there in the universe by saying it I'm speaking it into existence but that's and you know that mean that's perfectly fine and fun if you want to do that but it but it is an example of magical thinking so so what I want from the listeners this week who don't have OCD to do I'm not telling them to stop engaging in magical thinking magical thinking is very normal sometimes healthy sometimes fun way of um looking at the world um and 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 sometimes genuinely helpful as well for example the superstition that you shouldn't walk under ladders because it's bad luck probably comes from the fact that it's also very dangerous and if someone was working on a ladder and you accidentally knock it and they fall on you and you both die i know it's a very kind of ocd way of looking at it worst case scenario sort of world but nevertheless you know that superstition um that it's bad luck is probably has roots in real world um, applications. So when you engage in superstitious or kind of magical thinking, and I am aware that I'm kind of conflating those two things, superstition and magical thinking, whereas they might not necessarily be linked. But 
either way, sometimes these kind of thought patterns can even be helpful. So I'm not asking the listeners to stop engaging in magical thinking. I would just like people who don't have OCD to spend some time thinking about it this week, if they don't mind, because I think it will help them understand OCD a bit better for the people that do have it. And understanding mental health conditions, um, when you, even when you don't have them, is always beneficial because you never know when you're going to meet someone who does have it and you might need to give them support or help. And if you can understand their viewpoint, uh, that can really speed things up, especially if they don't necessarily have the vocabulary or the strength to go into it themselves, which is quite common. You know, a lot of time people struggle to talk about the ways that they're unwell um, because we still live in a culture, I think, where we think sickness is weakness and specifically mental sickness is mental infirmness or mental weakness. You know, like that's definitely a thing, uh, prejudice against um, people with mental health conditions that still persists to this day. So people can be quite ashamed, even wrongly ashamed, but they can nevertheless feel shame when talking about um, mental health conditions. So if you can, you know, make the effort to understand their their plight, then that's always a good thing. And for the Octa people listening, for people who do have OCD, same thing. Spend some time thinking about your magical thinking, but maybe look for the ways that you've noticed it's started to encroach on your OCD a bit. Maybe how it might have stopped being simply a case of kind of useful magical thinking and maybe look for the ways in which it's harmful. Um, You know, what are your kind of harmful beliefs between actions and consequences that don't necessarily have a basis? Um, And if you start to notice new ones cropping up, do some exposure on it or something, you know, or or your preferred method of treatment. I mean, exposure's the one I would go for, but you know, exposure also itself takes different forms. So it's just spend some time with it. I, w- I always say it's better to kind of tackle these things as soon as they crop up. Um, so even though I know that's very difficult. But yeah, so that's some homework for people to be doing. Um, yeah. Next week, don't know. I've still got to do that perfectionism episode. I probably will do I think I'll do that as the next one. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to sit down Right to all else. It's going to take a very long time, but I will do it. Um, and obviously this episode is coming out on a different day, I think. Um, I probably won't release it next Monday because then it will have been like three weeks until, you know, since the last one. So uh, it might be the case that Unraveling now comes out on a sort of Wednesday-Thursday um, schedule because uh, I'm back at work now at the bar because I don't know if you guys know, but apparently everything's fine and we can all go back to work and... Um, no, well, setting that aside, uh, I now work Mondays, so it makes it, and sometimes Sundays, so it can make it tricky to um, record and release the podcast at that time. But yeah, uh, so yeah, look for the next one next Wednesday because I'm usually got Wednesdays off. And it was very nice to talk to you all. I hope everyone's safe. I'm sorry it's been a while. Um, please don't give up on me. <laughs> I know I'm really bad at scheduling, but I'm doing my best. And uh, I, you know, still enjoy doing these. It's nice to talk to myself for a bit. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you all next time. I hope that was interesting for people. Maybe go and read that article by Matthew Canton and think about some of your magical beliefs and whether they are harmful or helpful or not. And if they're harmful, do some exposure and maybe try and control them a little bit. And as always, look after yourself. And I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Bye-bye.